This podcast is brought to you by Likeable Media. Likeable Media produces and distributes content across the social web for mid to large size brands. Visit them at likeable.com. Welcome to All the Social Ladies with CEO of Likeable Media, Carrie Kerpin. Now, Carrie Kerpin. So this next podcast is really near and dear to my heart. I'm speaking with Rachel Hadley, who is the new president of Likeable Media. I am so excited that Rachel's in this position, and I'm more excited that you're able to hear her story because it's a really incredible one, one that starts in PR, talks about how she listened and learned and became the social media leader at Likeable. Take a listen. Welcome, Rachel, to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I mean, Rachel, this is a big, big time for you and me, and I'm so excited to have you in studio today. I see you every day at like Media, but this is like a special treat. It's, it's a big deal. I'm so excited. It is. We get to step back and take a look not just at where you are today as the president of Likeable Media, which is so exciting, but really what got you there. And so I'd love to talk to you a little bit about kind of your career trajectory as a whole. Tell me um, how you started, how you grew, and how you got to where you are today. Awesome. Sounds good. So um, I actually had a very interesting background. My educational background was computer science. Really? Ah, yeah. I'm very analytical, and okay. I thought I was going to go computer science because, you know, the, the internet was becoming a big deal. Yes. Uh, AOL had just rolled out, you know, yeah. five free hours of internet back yeah. then, so we got all excited. Um, it became very clear that that wasn't my passion, though. Mm. Um, I was naturally good at it, but it wasn't my passion. Mm. And I got I got really excited about trying something more creative in the creative space. So that led me to communications okay. and public relations specifically. Okay. So my education is PR. My background is PR. I started at uh, Weber Shandwick in Atlanta right out of grad school, and that's that that was the, the start of my path. I then went to Cinnabon, where I was head of corporate communications there. Uh, Cinnabon is a big brand, but it's a small corporate company, so I got my hands in everything there, and that's when I started to expand into different spaces. So did studying computer science help you in your PR career? Interesting. Uh, I've never thought of it that way. So potentially it's what led me to it because I chose my university for computer science. And, huh. then, and when I decided I was going to change majors, I said, well, what else is this university like really great at? And I found we had, they had a top PR program. And so I audited the class and that's how I discovered the profession. I didn't like grow up thinking I wanted to do that. And I would imagine that while you were at Cinnabon, because you were there for a while, the concept of PR changed dramatically. Yes. In terms of what PR was and how PR worked and as digital kind of came to be like yeah. this big thing. Talk to me a little bit about that change. Sure. Um, uh, social media has changed the face of PR more than anything else. Definitely digital 
in general has a play, but, but I think social media more than anything, because social naturally started falling under PR around mm. messaging. And it was the first place it went. It, it was yeah. Um, just naturally. So I can remember being at, when I was at Weber, um, before Facebook had really rolled out, yes. I remember putting together a MySpace strategy mm. for a client. MySpace. And it was great. It was smart. It was so, you know, this was, MySpace was the thing. So social media naturally went to, went to PR. Um, and I think, I think that that's, that's pretty much what led me here. And so talk to me a little bit about the transition that you made from the agency side to the brand side. Was that like a shock? Was it something you were really looking to do? Because ultimately you ended up back at agency, but yeah. I, I think that's a very interesting transition and something that a lot of our guests talk about. They do agency for a while, they go brand for a while. Yeah. I'm looking at that. Talk to me a little bit about um, just your decision there mm-hmm. and the differences between the two. Yeah. So being in Atlanta, um, I realized I learned very early on that to get a job, you had to have agency experience. Mm. So especially in PR, mm. more than more than any other. That um, makes sense yeah. actually at the time that that PR you would need agency background. Yeah, because they, they they just want to know that you've you've done it and right. you, and you know what you're doing right. before you go and to. And have been trained by people who are experts in the exactly space. exactly. So uh, that's what led me to agency. People always say you know you're either agency or corporate, either agency or brand. I don't feel that way. Mm. I actually transitioned beautifully into corporate and I loved it. I love both, which, um, which I don't think is a normal. Mm -hmm. Um, but a lot of people don't think it's normal. Yeah. It's like, you can't love LA and New York city. You have to choose one or the other, but but some people do like them. You can, you can (laughs) like them all. And Cinnabon, you know, it must've been interesting when you were there because they have a really sort of um, viral fan base in terms of oh. fan base are like obsessed with Cinnabon. I just heard it. I was watching the middle yeah. and they talk about Cinnabon. Like it's just, it's one of those brands. Oh, it's right? unreal. And I mean, I still get, I, I still get texts from friends that, you know, I'm watching uh, Colbert and he just mentioned Cinnabon. Like it's just so talked about mm. in, in, in pop culture um, and late shows, jokes, things like that, that it is, constantly talked about on social as well. And were you, when you were working in that space, did you find that it was just like organic? It just happened. It was, it's a lot organic, but mm-hmm. there's obviously opportunity mm-hmm. with engagement. Cause if you, if you, if you respond, if you engage, if you keep the conversation going, it, it, it propelled it that much further. And so talk to me a little bit about your next career move, because I find this and, and the story of your journey at likable Um, to be a testament for women in their careers in general. Talk to me a little bit about how you came into the org uh, and how you managed your path from there. Okay, so I I interviewed at Likeable in January or February of 2013. Mm -hmm. I had just moved to New York and um, I was still actually working with Cinnabon. Um, and but job hunting mm-hmm. here in the city because I was looking for my next big move after mm-hmm. moving. And I was looking my whole career. I've, I've gone for both opportunity, professional opportunity, but also for culture. Mm-hmm. And when I came to Likeable, I, I loved the culture in the interview process. I loved everyone I spoke with. Um, and then I saw a huge opportunity here. Mm. Um, you had just started in your new role mm-hmm. as CEO mm-hmm. and it was a pretty young organization and social media was becoming so, it, it was, I don't think we even realized how much, how big it was going to become and how much of a paid 
platform yes, that was yes, going to become. Yes. So it was a huge opportunity to to step in and 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 get some growth experience there and bring my agency background here um, to the organization and and help out. And I think you know what's interesting. Of course, I'll say this and you won't because I, it comes from. Um, you know, my own experience as a company that I built, but we were a very, very young company uh, with a lot of people who were just immersed in social, did it because they loved it, but didn't necessarily have the experience that you brought to the table. And so to me, you know, I love that you fell in love with the culture and had Mm -hmm. that there, but what you also did uh, was come into a company uh, which had a lot of um, experience in what it knew. Right. Right. Like they were in there. They knew community management at the time. Right. Again, this was a long time ago. But you had all of this kind of brand experience and agency experience and all of this. And so how did you, I would assume, I don't want to make an assumption, but I assume there were some changes that you thought you might be able to improve upon the organization. Well, I definitely saw opportunity for for just me coming to the organization yep. was diversifying a yep. little bit because yep. the, the team was so young. So young. Um, most of our team members at the time were from New York yep. or the tri-state yep. area. Yep. So the fact that I had lived in other states, mm-hmm. um, other parts of the country, um, you know, here it's like sometimes you talk to a few people who've, who've been here the whole, and you realize like they've never been to a Walmart. Yeah. And you know, how much marketing background can you bring just from not, you know, New York City can be a bubble. And it's such a great point. You know, you've talked about this before. We've talked about diversity being, uh, you know, a, a very, there's lots and lots of different elements of diversity, sure. including what part of the country that what? you're actually yeah. from. I think that's a great point. And so you come into an organization, you see a lot of opportunity, you want to impact change. How do you go about it? Uh, quietly and patiently. Mm. Um because the reality is too, you you can't. It's hard to impact change on day one. Yep. Um. So you just be yourself. Yep. And be open to those conversations and try to help in any way that you can. I think. Yeah, I think one of the things that I saw that I loved so much about your approach was that you really came in with a listen first kind of methodology. You came in and you listened to everybody, and and then you offered your suggestions in a way ultimately that was very well received. Um, and so, so I love that. I think it's very valuable for any any listener that's coming into a new spot. You know, anytime you go into a new a new role, it's like. How or new organization? It's like, how do I impact change? How do I? And a lot of times, especially, uh, I've seen a lot of young people do this. Is okay. I'm gonna come in. I'm gonna tell everyone everything I think right away. And I'm gonna do it. Yeah. And I thought that the way that you did it um, was not was not subtle. You, you you made your point known, but you did it in a way where first you really listened, and I think that was that was key. Yeah, you have to do your do your research. Yeah. Yeah. Um, be ready for that. And so when you were working on clients uh, at like, well, I know you still work on clients today as you, as you grew throughout the role. Um, what did you see? You've been doing this now for a long time. What are they asking for and how does it, how is it different? I know you just mentioned like, especially how it would evolve to paid. Like, tell me a little bit about how social media has evolved over the time, over time since you've been at Likeable. So I think with social, one thing that's challenging is the unpredictability. So it's very hard to plan out months and a year in advance because we don't even know what platforms are going to emerge. We don't know what, even within a platform, the next uh, uh, content type is going to be, the next way to tell our story, the next. 
So that's hard. It's very hard to predict that. And it's, um, it's, but it's fun. It makes it, you know, you're, you're always have your ear to the ground so that you know what the next thing is. And are we going to jump on this opportunity? What do we want to jump on? How do, how do we choose those things? And so it's really important. Um, it always has been, but it's really, really important to be partners um, with, with any of the brands that we work with so that we are ready to have those ideas when, when things change. It's funny you say that because one of our brand promises, obviously, that you helped develop was that we offer faster service and we are, you know, really well immersed in social. And I think that that's so key in what you're saying. You, you have to have that partnership to be able to impact change quickly and adjust as the networks adjust. Absolutely, it's essential. So I think, I think that over time we've seen that. Uh, time and time again, all, it, it, the more things change, it's like over oh, from 2013, if you listed out the changes, it would be it's huge, immense. And in some years, there are several networks that emerge Absolutely. and they do very well. Absolutely. And in some years there are, you know, it almost feels like there's no new networks, right. none that have really emerged. There might be new platforms, you know, something that in the first week you think is huge, uh, Meerkat, right. you know, th right. things that happen and, and you think this is going to be the next big thing. and you know, but sometimes it just signals a trend. That's you true. know, it it signals kind of what's happening next. And I think it's so interesting how you and the team uh, do that. Talk to me a little bit about. So you've grown. Um, you came in as an account manager or account yes. director, account manager, and you grew uh, throughout that whole process. And now I have passed the reins to you, and you are president of this organization. Yes. Talk to me a little bit about when you're bringing in talent. Some of the things that you look for. I think the wisdom. Uh, that you've imparted to me around this mm -hmm. um, is really key in terms of hiring the right people. What are the types of people that you look for when you're hiring? Okay, so people, as you know, people are my passion. Yes, and um, it's it's vital that they have our core values. Yeah, vital. So our core values being passionate, accountable, driven, and likable. But beyond that, I also look for my, my three things, which I actually learned from a from a previous um, boss of mine, is hungry, humble, and smart. And hungry kind of speaks to driven. Mm -hmm. um, smart speaks to everything. You right. have to be smart. But the humble piece is is tricky, and it's tricky to screen for in an interview process. Mm -hmm. But it's so important. Um, it's so important in the hiring process, I think, because we need to know that we have people who nobody has the answers. I don't have all the answers. You don't have all mm -hmm. the answers. Nobody sitting in our space has all the answers. You know, but we know with a little bit of humility, a little bit. You, if people are willing to listen to other people, to listen to what they read online or, or see in the news, that we can come up with the best answers we can come up with. So I really look for humble. I think it's um, it's it's really important for our culture to have people like that. You might say that humble equates to likability. I for me it does. Mm -hmm. um, I think for a lot of people it really does. It's yeah. like not being arrogant and you know being knowledgeable without without having to be, you know, so out there. Yeah. And, oh, what's my way? And, right. You know. It's funny. I have met people who can own their arrogance in mm -hmm. a way that it has charm. And I find that to be a tremendous asset, but it's so not me. It's so not my style. Yeah. Um, and it's, I think it can, it can be, it's a harder thing for me to manage. Personally. What, I, what I think you personally do very well is you are both humble 
but also confident. And I think that's so important for women as we as we talk about it. You know, we we constantly put our, our kind of confidence to the side and we aren't sort of naturally humble, but I think it's the humility, you know, with having confidence in your own humility that right. kind of makes it work. I, that's what I see in you. Well, I, I try. Yeah. Thank you. Yes. I, I hope so. It's um, true. I, I, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm confident in, confident in the things that I've accomplished and yeah. the, the things that I know and that I think and how I feel and, and, and some of those things. But I, I, I sometimes admire the confidence that you know you, you spoke about female leaders. Yes. Um, I, I wish I had what, what men have sometimes in the way that they can they can deliver on something where they only need to know you know very little very little and yes. they, can, they yes. can sell it and I feel like I have to be over over prepared. Yeah. Sometimes, yeah. but it's I think very, it's very it's yeah. very normal and we all experience it. But I think it starts with you know owning knowing that. It's knowing that and saying, okay, I'm going to push forward in the confidence, but you can be confident without being arrogant. And I think, I think that that's, that's something that I think women do very well. Actually. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So talk to me about your own social media usage. So yes. you have been immersed in this space now forever. Yeah, forever. As you mentioned, you were setting up my MySpace strategies back in pre-Facebook days. Well, even before so, that, I, I joined America Online. Oh, back America in, Online. In, I think 1995. Very I had my account for a solid first, 20, first screen name. First screen name. Rachel, it's, I, it's still my email address. No, it's not. <laughs> it is. I still have it. Oh, I, no. I, I, yeah, it's I love it. You it's kept the, the AOL account. I, I love it. You can't. You can't I let can't, it go. I can't let it go. No, it would be too sad. It would be just too too crushing. Okay, I, so have, I have been email as well. I've got a You've been but, in there early. Yeah, early I mean, I, those chat rooms back in the day yeah. was the first social yeah. channel. I yeah. think, I think that, or my first experience, I think. But um, I, because because I don't, you know, I'm, my my family's all in all over the country. Yeah, really, um, all over the world, I guess. But that that's how I stay in touch. Mm. It's through social. That's the only way. Mm. And so, um, and I've lived in several different states. Yes, and I have friends everywhere. Yes, so. It would it would be impossible to stay in touch with the amount of people that I do that I try to um, any other way, and it's the best living in New York because everybody comes to visit and oh. you can connect on social so quickly and easily. Awesome! So I love it. And what are your favorite channels? Where what do you like to use? Uh, mine is Facebook. Facebook. I'm still a Facebook, You're a Facebook girl. Um, I'm a Facebook girl. It's just it's the one that that everyone that I know is on. Mm. But I uh, I'm you know I'm on Snapchat and um, I really keep up with it because I have a 12 year old half-sister yeah uh so i gotta gotta keep up with the young ones as well love it um who they they're actually um i don't even know if they're old enough to be on facebook sometimes they've got their cell phones and yep. they're snapchatting with their mom's accounts but yep. they're not always on the other channels yeah and tell me about in terms of best network for opportunity for brands does it depend on the brand or do you are you still like pro facebook where are you so the thing that i've been so impressed with Facebook, uh, is it's it is the audience, but it's also, I mean, Facebook is better at advertising than Google, mm-hmm. and that is crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do, I think it, there may be opportunities for other brands on different networks depending on what their goals are, mm-hmm. but I think by and large, Facebook is where the people are and where the targeting 
it, I mean, it's it's crazy the level of targeting that you can do there. And certainly and Facebook-owned companies. Right. So where, where Facebook has been a trendsetter, the companies they own, I think, are pretty soon to follow. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Rachel, thank you so much for being a guest today. You are one fabulous social lady. Thank you. Thanks for having me. You've been listening to All the Social Ladies with Carrie Kerfin, CEO of Likeable Media. You can follow Carrie on Twitter, at Carrie Kerfin. To get current social media insights and great tips, sign up for Carrie's weekly newsletter by emailing newsletter at likeable.com. This podcast is brought to you by Likeable Media. Likeable Media produces and distributes content across the social web for mid to large size brands. Visit them at likeable.com.